Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk a little news, we're going to talk some Disney Plus reviews, and we're going to go through some park strategy. That's coming up today on Traveling with a Mouse. Welcome everybody to episode number 341. I am your host this week for the first time in a long time. <laughs> My name is Adam. And I, of course, am joined by the other two who have hosted more than me recently. That's John. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. I should say, oh, wait. We don't talk about JPEG. Oh. No, we do, actually. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Jason. Do you think we'll have higher listenership this week because you're hosting, Adam? Because I feel like we just haven't really been taking advantage of the big draw. We've just been building anticipation for your return. Okay, yes. Maybe that's the case because you haven't heard me in so long. Hosting. I forgot how to do it. But yes, that is Jason, the DVC, soon-to-be Club 33 member of our... (laughs) Oh, when am I? How soon do I get Club Thirty Three? What do, I don't know. That's your. Where else do you have to go but Club Thirty Three? That's your only Gold old auto. Well, yeah. You and Neil Patrick Harris and Stamos, but unfortunately not Bob Saget. I guess I should mention that. Too. Oh, Is he yeah. a Disney legend? Not really, but mm, unless you count his ABC connection with Full House, I guess yeah. it's the closest thing you can put. He 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 was on you know Danny Full House, right? Danny Tanner, of course, Bob Saget. Uh, passed away this week. Looks like a heart attack or stroke. In Orlando, by the way. He was in Orlando. Uh, so sad news there. But to start the show. Why do I have to start on such a bummer note? Well, this is why we don't oh. let you host. Yeah, I was okay. saying, like, maybe that's that's the reason. Maybe Sorry, I should have said, we don't talk about Adam. No, <laughs> yeah, no. guess not. Oh. <laughs> but I just felt like, since I said Stamos, I couldn't just leave it there. I had to talk about Bob Saget. So, rest in peace, Bob. That was a big part of our childhood. Well, at least mine, for sure. Because I was a 90s kid. Yep. Speaking of who we didn't talk about in the beginning, Bob Chapik. He's the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, in case you guys didn't know that. Just said we don't talk about him. Well, I'm going to start by talking about him. (laughs) Because in a recent memo to cast members he talked about the three pillars of success for the walt disney company for the next hundred years ah yes hundred years i think it was didn't he say that yes he's very ambitious then if he thinks he's going to be there a hundred years yeah anyway see if you guys can get through this without busting out laughing all right Uh, the first one is storytelling excellence what makes Disney so unique is the the stories we tell mean something to people. They inspire, give hope, blah blah blah. That's that's number I one. I feel like <laughs> blah, that blah 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 could that's, be okay. Yeah. That yeah, should be that okay is, if it yeah, was coming from anybody but him. That's but a good yeah. one though. That's a good I, one. I haven't really mm-hmm. seen a huge problem with the storytelling part. Truthfully, right. so yeah. the movies I mean, have been doing great. Anim- yeah, you know, the animation Just, department's in good hands. Yeah, Disney Plus is in good hands. And, and even attraction-wise, I haven't seen a problem with the storytelling lately either. So I mean, right, that's maybe def- definitely that that's 
that's like stating the obvious, really. I mean, yeah. So there's one pillar that is standing tall, waving boldly. The next one is innovation. Since Steamboat Willie, we've been the mm. world's foremost inventive storytellers. So again, storytelling. Yeah, but innovative storytelling. <laughs> oh, okay. That must continue. So what is the third storytelling point? <laughs> yeah. So the Sorry. third one, the um, third pillar is the funny one. Go ahead. So let's see if we agree and think that this pillar is the strong pillar of the three here. The third is relentless focus on our audience. I mean, they do have a relentless <laughs> focus on the audience's pocketbooks. Yeah, let's say. I've heard that one before, yes. Relentless um, focus on getting money out of people. That's what I haven't saying. found too many companies in the present era, era period, era, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that have focused on what the consumer truly wants. They're more focused on what they want the consumer to do. It's more like a trying to lead them. It's not that we want to pay more money for everything that we used to get for free, because that's definitely not what we want. Well, I mean, just like we had talked about with the Genie Plus, right? Well, what do we? What have we noticed that it has a tendency to guide you to do what they want you to do more so than what you want to? Trying to figure right. out how to optimize what you want to do. Right. Trying to uh, tell so. you what you think you should do. Yeah. Trying to make it seem like your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you want to, to go to a, Swiss Family Treehouse. <laughs> He's trying to pull a Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. You will go to Swiss Family Treehouse. No, I won't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Back to that second point, the innovative part, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't really seen a huge... Uh, I don't know. That's kind of been lacking to me a little bit in more recent. I mean, don't you think? What exactly have they been doing that's been groundbreaking as of recent? I mean, we've seen some of the patents they filed that sound interesting. They just aren't making it into anything we're seeing in the parks. Nothing yet. I mean, the technology behind the movies, I'm sure, is getting good and better. I think the Spider-Man at DCA, the one that flies through the sky, is pretty cool. That's kind of a new yeah, that, that, thing. That, yeah, that's true. That's that's quite that's impressive, cool. the way that works. That was something that we saw you know, a couple of years ago, like, prototyped, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, that'd be cool, and they actually did it, so that was one thing. I mean, I think I think we've just known the disappointments, right, that the things we thought we were going to see, like, free-roaming droids at oh, Galaxy's right. Edge that oh, didn't yeah. happen, and stuff like that. So many things got cut from Galaxy's Edge. That would have been really cool. Uh, here's another p- part, though, that's kind of cringy about that second one. It says, we must continue... As technologies evolve, giving our creative teams new canvases like the metaverse on which to paint. We should be especially innovative as we seek to bring stories to life in new ways. So, he mentioned metaverse. He, like, visited Facebook for (laughs) a day and, like, Mark Zuckerberg sold him on meta or whatever. Basically is what it sounds like. When is he going to start shilling for Bitcoin? When's that coming? Yeah. Soon. I guess say, is there a partnership with uh, Zuckerberg that we have not heard about yet? Is that what, why he's using the word metaverse? Is there a, so in the metaverse, is there a way to visit Disney without actually going there and having to spend all the money? Oh, you have to spend all the money to to have that right. ability. Do you still have to wait in line in the metaverse? 
Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe you can skip the line, but you pay more than you would if you actually went there in person. Hmm. We'll so, see what that that yeah. means. So more on the third one, though. We are a big company, he says. Many wow. constituents and stakeholders, <laughs> all who have a place in our decision-making. But at the end of the day, our most important guide, our North Star, is the consumer. Right now, their behavior tells us and our industry that the way they want to experience entertainment is changing and changing fast. Thanks to technology and the pandemic, we must evolve with our audience, not against them. Really? Not against them? Mm-hmm. That's very, that's not like very vague. Them. And we will put them at the center of every decision we make. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's just corporate mumbo-jumbo speak. Let's see some action. You like think that. the center of decision-making, Genie Plus, or how about this other uh, story that came out this week about all the snacks and beverages uh, costs went up? <laughs> yeah, it went up everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, that happens every year, right? Yeah, usually. I, I'm actually, that one... Inflation also has gone up. Yeah, inflation's the highest it's been in 40 years, yeah. so... So this isn't that big of a surprise, but it's just kind of funny that this came out on the same day as, like, yeah. raising all these... But it's also at the same time that they had to get shamed into giving people discounts because they ran out of the things to put oh your lightsaber gosh. and your droids in, and they're just putting them in plastic right. bags. That's enough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, heard, I saw the pictures of people with these plastic bags. And it took the people to actually complain. Which is like, did you not think people would complain about this? You threw it in a garbage bag. Like, seriously? And you think people are going to be like, oh, and this they, is great. How much did they spend on this? Like, come on. They they could have at least given them like a free voucher to, to mail them a case when they got back in stock or whatever. You know? Like, why just give them a plastic bag and hope that they don't complain? That's not being innovative or audience-focused or storytelling excellence. All three of those were fail. Has anybody officially given any explanation as to why they didn't have, why there was a shortage of those particularly? Supply is all I I, But, I mean, that just seems a very odd thing to be the, you know, what is it about those particular things? Pool (laughs) noodles are in a short supply because that's basically what's inside the sleeve is a pool noodle. Okay. <laughs> They're in short supply. I, I mean, that's just what I would, because we haven't seen any particular, like, no stories, nobody pointing out that they're running out of anything else in particular, right? Just this. I mean, they, they there's been supply chain issues with a lot of the merch. I feel like the oh, merch yeah. is merch not as That's why they good. put the limit of two per item on everything. And the stuff's not that good. Like, there's a few items on the 50th, but I feel like they should have had way more choices. I think they would but, have too. But I guess what I'm not getting here is they somehow had a greater supply of actual lightsabers than they had sheaths or whatever you want to, yeah. whatever you put it but in. But you got to remember, true. what was it like a few weeks ago, the other lightsaber building station outside of Star Tours, that was yeah. closed down for a couple of weeks because they didn't have the parts to make those lightsabers. Those are the plastic parts ones, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Everything's short supply. Everything's short supply. We don't have enough people to ship it around the country. Everything's just so you know, short. I've, I've seen it with the droid too, right? But yep. Droid Depot, yeah. My droid was in a cardboard box. Are they having trouble getting those? 
Apparently, yes. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, I can take a picture and show you what mine came in. Did you ever, or you got a droid, didn't you? Or did, did yeah, you I've get seen one people carrying them around. Yeah. It's cardboard. Right, right. Yeah, but right. it's got the Droid Depot stuff on it and everything. Yeah. But for the experience, they should have been knocking at least a little bit off of it, even if it's a they small They started amount. to knock a little bit of money off after people complained. Right. Only after people complained. And it was, what, 10%, which is like, okay, that's like 20 well, bucks or that- something. That's what I was saying. I should have been proactive with this. I should have thought it would be a problem. They should know that they're under the microscope. <laughs> that should have been that should have been a forethought, not an afterthought. Meanwhile, if so the twenty percent wouldn't even cover the cost of buying one of those in the Doc Ondars because I think they're fifty dollars in the because yeah, I paid for one, remember? Yeah, I, I remember one for fifty when you bucks. It. And it was you know, it's a little bit better quality one than the one they give you at Saudi's. Because yep. yours is more, it's not leather, but it's a better material than the... Yeah, it's a good material. It's got all the pockets. It's, yeah. you know... But still, fancy. $50 versus, you know, getting 20 bucks off, that's that's hardly a, uh, <laughs> a well, fair still trade. Got, you got 20 bucks and the plastic bag. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, the plastic bag. Yeah. Let's put it in a uh, grocery bag, and there you go. You know... I found one lightsaber design that would make me want to get one, and that's the the Luke Return of the Jedi one. Oh, yeah. That's the one. That's the one that I would go for. Yeah. I have a toy one of Luke's Return of the Jedi one. You know, the, the plastic kind. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that, that is probably my favorite. Yeah. Well, that's my favorite good guy saber. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite dark side one? Well, Vader, of course. I actually like Do- Doku's. Doku? Dooku? Dooku? Yeah, just What's his a little, name? A little different. Dooku. Dooku. I'm like, why am I forgetting who, how to say his name? Count Dooku. He's my favorite because I like the curved handle. It's kind of cool. I saw that yeah, in the shop too. it's different. But, you know, you can't beat Vader. Nobody can beat Vader. Well, well, well apparently well, Luke can. But. Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> Somebody can beat Vader. but Obi-Wan can beat him if he has the high ground. So. <laughs> right. Anyway. So, Ratatouille is no longer virtual queue. That's right. So, you're just going to write it over and over again, John? What are you going to do? Well, I, I probably just about could based on the first, well, not the first day, but the two days following because it's been about, you know, the wait times have been about half what's advertised, by the way, which is not the case in any other attraction, which is weird. All the rest of them have been pretty close to right. Yeah, I think it makes it an attraction that if you wanted to do it, there's really not much need for a lightning lane. <laughs> I mean, even though it'll be available. Estimated wait times. I'm not sure if this is today. I'm looking at now, or is it, are they already fast forward until the next day? It must be still today. It shows 23 minutes at the top of the arc. I think I saw it higher than that at one point, though. Either anyway, it's not even coming close to the hour that was posted. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I feel like. We've done this five or six times now, and it's like, you know, the more you write it, the more it's like, there's not really much detail left to see. (laughs) It's pretty much all on the screen. My son pointed out the Pizza Planet truck is in there, like the shadow Mm -hmm. of it. I remember seeing that on one of those, probably TPM vids or something. Yeah, which, you know, seeing that in real life was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, seeing it in the attraction, but other than that, it's like, eh, is there? There's maybe a couple other hidden things that 
haven't been noticed yet or not as widely known yet that I'm like, okay, I'll look for that next time. But overall, it's uh, it's an okay attraction, but it's not like, I, I don't see the wait time being worth uh, any boarding groups. Right. It, it <laughs> no. never was really. But, or the lightning no. lane, like you said, it's just, is it worth paying anything extra for? No, it's not. <laughs> I got to be honest. It's probably, unless they just see something different with the trends, it's probably still going to be advantageous for Epcot if they keep Frozen on the individual lightning lane mm-hmm. when they add Guardians yeah. and take it take it away from Remy, truthfully. Yeah. Well, for one, I think Frozen has a smaller queue and lower capacity probably than Ratatouille, I would guess. It's still, it's still holding a decent weight, though, and it's been, gosh, how many years saying. now since it's been open? Right. I mean, it's pretty low capacity, I would think. Frozen mm-hmm. compared to Ratatouille. I would. In comparison, yeah, maybe. It's not going to be about a whole lot, though, because those boats actually hold a pretty good bit. They don't stay in port for very long. Yeah, but there can't be more than, what, 10 boats total in that attraction? Maybe not even that many. I really don't know. I don't remember. I'm, I'm sure the stats are... I just don't have the stats readily available. Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah, I don't... I don't. For, in the queue for Frozen is pretty small. Anyway. Well, speaking of Frozen, Olaf is coming back as a meet and greet. Hollywood Studios. We excited about that. Uh, you can meet Minnie yep. already at Hollywood Studios. Another crowd eater. I guess it finally got cold enough for Olaf. <laughs> right. He's making his January debut in the cold weather. <laughs> California Grill closed unexpectedly the other night. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, no one ever said. I don't know. I didn't see anything. I assume it's got to be covid that's kitchen. what I. That's yeah. one of the first things I thought. Like, they probably don't like the have, didn't have enough COVID. people to staff it. Probably, but it is open again, so maybe they. I don't know. Maybe they had to move some people around or something. Rock and Roller Coaster was also closed for a couple of days recently and finally reopened. So don't really know what happened there. I've often wondered why it is Rock and Roller Coasters had problems. Well, they had everybody had COVID for a while there. That's why they closed it. What Oliveira Smith? What? No, like almost the entire cast member population that was working it had COVID and they were all isolating. So they, they're like, well, it'll take longer for us to train new people. So we'll just, just let them ride it out. I then, know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's well, what it was. Okay. Splash Mountain is down for its refurb, so just move people from over there. Not, Same kind of ride. <laughs> not the Princess and the Frog refurb yet. No. Just a typical... Winter, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the, the usual winter referred. Yeah. But when is it supposed to reopen again? March? It's like a February. Longer. February? Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw a February date. I don't remember what February, what day in February, but I saw a February date. It's not very long. February 10th. Okay. So one month. Yeah. January 10th, February 10th. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Typical stuff there. Any other news that we want to highlight? I mean, I just want to point out that. With the food price increases, that included Tony's. So, if you really want to pay more for crappy spaghetti, you can. Don't do it. Uh, oh, and, and did we did we cover Mears Connect? Oh. I didn't know if you hit that one. Oh yeah, they got they raised prices. Oh, what is it like? Yeah. Two. On like was it day 250? three, so it was it was <laughs> going to be two hundred dollars for a family of four is what they were offering for the express. Service right, that's or whatever, I think. premium. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's now two fifty. I went up quickly. 
And I think the regular round trip is $32 per adult. And no, did that go? What did that go up to? That was the original price. I don't know, but it's just they, they're they like, oh, this is expensive. So yeah. I wonder how many people are taking that option. I don't know. I mean, when you get to a big enough family, a family of four, I think it, compare it to an Uber, it's still more expensive. It's got to be. It's more expensive. But talk about focusing on the audience. Cutting out the Magical Express was a great choice as far as focusing on the consumer and the customer. <laughs> Making them this North Star. That was a great choice to cancel that service. Yeah, I think so. Maybe there's hope, though. You saw the minivan somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> right. That was already, like, insane. Like, I forgot how much it was. Yeah, it was... I. I I've only taken it one time, and it was uh, it was nice. Don't get me wrong, because we were going from Grand Destino to Magic oh, Kingdom, yeah. and we got dropped off at the front. I love so the it was nice. I, we love yeah. minivan, but the from the airport it was crazy. Although I don't think it was any more than this two hundred and fifty dollars uh, from right. But I think that was yeah. one way. Is Disney going to try to compete with them in that sense instead of you know instead of the Magical Express? Right. See what other people will charge, and then try to. Yeah. Just go slightly above that. <laughs> so they're still yeah. charging more. It's a strategy that they do quite often, right? I mean, Universal says they're going to build a studios like park in Florida. Oh, we're going to build a studios like park in Florida. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Eisner got wind of what they were doing and he wanted to do it first, basically. So, right. Well, the other thing I was going to mention is the CDC in the can't make up their mind camp. Oh, Lord. Remember right before I got on the cruise, they said that you should avoid cruises? Yes, yes. Well, now they're going to, they said the cruises are doing great with their, with their compliance. They're going to let the conditional sale order expire and just let them operate on Saturday and they're just going to let them keep cruising however they want. Nice. Yeah. So it's a voluntary program now. So they're both like, Hey, they're going to be just fine, but also don't get on the ship. Do with that with what you will basically the advice is yeah just do whatever yeah i feel like the whole country has just given up not all of it but like everybody's just like yeah it's everywhere so we'll just keep going yeah it's just like we're all gonna get it at this point so why not just take it and move on so I feel like we made it through the cruise without any symptoms or anything like that. Although I always have COVID-like symptoms because I've had a sinus infection for basically 10 years. Wow. But I feel like we may have gotten it or not at some point. It's just impossible to get a good test. Right. I haven't really gotten sick or anything, but just the fact that my son has now gone back to school and I've gotten more notifications of kids at his school getting covid in the last three days than the entire rest of the pandemic. So it's just like, well, I guess all of them have it now. Right. So He's been exposed. I mean, we've had the same thing. I've had two people in my house test positive, the two that were unvaccinated, the two... The, the children. Were, right, the two that were ineligible for the vaccine. And we tested negative, so we'll see. I mean, that's I when we were about to, to find out that you were like a rabid anti-vaxxer over there, Adam. You're like the two unvaccinated, like two, me. Right, the two unvaccinated, one who shall rename nameless, uh, who I won't mention. <laughs> no, but yes, the, 
under under five years old, both both of them. So yeah, they what was that positive. in Vermitten? What was it called? I, anyway. Ivermectin. Yeah. How's your horse, horse dewormer yeah. treatment? Well, I'm doing the urine treatment now, so oh god, that's my. <laughs> That's I, 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 so, someone else posted, I think this one is in the land of wishful thinking, because everybody's posting some other crazy COVID treatment that cannabis is... Uh, is, is oh, of course. <laughs> Big shock. Oh. <laughs> gonna it cures to... everything. I'm doing the Bear Grylls treatment, so I'm drinking a lot of urine, sleeping... I guess I must have missed that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Is this your own urine or someone else's? <laughs> well, Bear Grylls style is you drink your own. Oh, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> Remember Bear Grylls, so, right? Anyway, before we dive don't. into the next segment, uh, I've had DVC for a week, right? Yes. And I don't yeah, know if we want to do a check-in on a segment of Jason's new obsession now that FastPass is gone, which is constantly check DVC reservations, even if you're not <laughs> trying to go, to see what I can get. So you found quite a bit, though, right? You've said several yeah. things have popped up. So originally I was supposed to go the same weekend as John, but I feel like I got both my Disney fill and I've spent my Disney money. So I backed out, but I kept looking for this weekend because I'm like, okay, this is a week before trip. Could I, in theory, go on DVC points if I wanted? And a lot of the times I've checked, the answer is no. Or the answer is yes, but I'd have to do like two bedroom villas and I'd have to stitch them together and it it would cost all the points. But uh, there was one point I messaged y'all that I was sitting around refreshing and I could have stitched together a trip in studios at like three different resorts. And this is a holiday weekend, mind you, one week out. The other day I logged on and Grand Californian had apparently just opened up a bunch of rooms. I could have gone to the Grand Californian this weekend if I wanted. And right before we started recording, I took a look, and there's a treehouse villa available if I wanted to go to a treehouse villa. So I think this is poss- possibly partially because of COVID surging and other things. But, I mean, if you're persistent, it seems like you can find some stuff, especially, I think, at the 31-day before mark, because that's the point where if you cancel your reservation within 30 days of your trip your points go into a holding status and if it's in a holding status you can only use those points to make reservations less than 60 days out so by canceling early you're restricted to only making basically last second reservations and so i guess if people are going to cancel they're going to cancel 31 days out Hmm, i've also been able to stitch together uh we talked with some of our friends that we know from my son's school and they're interested in going to disney in september and i was like well maybe we could look at sort of getting a two-bedroom and y'all could you know sort of pay us for the points that you're using half the points Hmm. and i was able to stitch together a decent room Memorial Day weekend is technically a split stay because i couldn't get it all in one spot but right now i have a reservation where i have Two of the three nights at uh, studio at Jumbo House, and then the, the other night as a studio at uh, Kadani Village. So I just have to move between Animal yeah, Kingdom it's not too far. buildings. <laughs> but I mean, it, if if you can be a little flexible, move around a little bit. I think it's totally doable. And I mean, the other way to be more flexible is to be willing to pay for you know have enough points to get a one bedroom or a two bedroom villa. So. But I have a plan. I have a plan. I, what I have right now isn't what I actually want. I actually want to stay at Riviera 
and Memorial Day weekend, so I'm going to probably call them and see if I can switch that to, uh, you know, with my welcome home reservation. And then in the end of September, where our friends want to go, they really want to stay in a two-bedroom villa Savannah view uh, in Animal Kingdom. And, you know, it's not, I can't book that because I'm Riviera Points and it's not seven months out. So, uh, but I have a feeling that'll still be available at this right at the seven month mark and that's cheaper than the riviera i'm holding so if i can just get all that swapped around i actually use up my 200 points quite nicely i actually would end up using 201 points in this use year only leaving me 199 for for the next year one point short i was just sitting here thinking that as many times as i heard jason use the word stitch here recently uh, i think he should be the mascot of dvc <laughs> okay because so. you got to stitch together a lot of vacation, uh, uh, different <laughs> yeah. reservations. Ex- exactly. <laughs> Guess that makes sense. Uh, for this weekend that you're going, John, you are staying at Animal Kingdom, correct? Lodge? Or? That is correct. And what type of accommodations? As a pool view. So, so that probably would be a standard view here. It's not available at DVC right now, but it would cost 40 vacation points for that weekend. For the whole weekend? For Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Wow. Three nights, 40 points. Yep, that's what I had planned to do. Yeah, it's uh, 14 nights for Friday, 14 points for Friday, 14 points for Saturday, and 12 for Sunday. Speaking of which, I did put in a room request with touring plans for my stay. I picked the side that was not going to be too far away from the lobby, and yet had a a decent view and I didn't want to be too high but I didn't want to be necessarily on the bottom floor so it would have a decent view of the pool so I picked the second floor pretty much I chose a room on that side mm-hmm. but I noticed in the uh, request it puts like certain room numbers not just one room number I, I, I never really realized what was going to be on the facts or whatever it is I do I assume it's still facts that's kind of like a I, I mean, an ancient technology at this point. but You'd be uh, surprised at how ancient a lot of hotel uh, systems are. But anyway. Yeah. What was that? What was that? How's that meme go? What, you want me to send it over on a dinosaur? Mm. I can do that too. Carry a pigeon. But, yeah. Um, but um, I feel like hopefully they'll at least get me on this. All I care about is really is being on the second floor because that's about the level I want to be. So be able to see the pool decently, but yet be somewhat closer to the ground i don't know i can't explain it i I don't have a thing about heights but i i know lynn kind of gets a little nervous with the higher up we get with kids and and plus balconies sure (laughs) but she should be probably getting over that and closer to getting over that now i mean they're six and three at this point but we'll see okay so we'll see if you get what you had uh, requested that'll be it's always interesting to see if you can actually get the room Mm -hmm. you request I did the one that I based it on was room number twenty twenty, which is interesting. Mm. <laughs> that was the view. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody would request that room. <laughs> so I might get it. Yeah, you may actually get it. But it was for the view and the and the nearness to the lobby, pretty much. Right. So okay, well, let's we'll we'll look forward to your uh, trip report next week as you will yeah will uh, get to visit. Right now, the one day that's not looking too good weather-wise is Sunday, which is supposed to be Magic Kingdom Day, so we'll see. There's supposed to be a big cold front coming everywhere Sunday. Yeah. It's supposed to be rainy there. supposed to be no test track, then. No test track. 
Well, it's not at Magic Kingdom for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely not there. It's supposed to be snowing here, so we'll see. See, it says it just says rain, but it still says a high of 71, so that's not terrible. But it's a 70% chance of rain at this point, so I'm hoping that'll change. The one thing about Florida is it's a big area, so it might not be raining where we are, hopefully. I'll we'll keep see. An eye. Maybe it'll stay clear like the last one. Yeah. Why didn't I build in Orlando? <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm quoting Jurassic Park. <laughs> but speaking of movies or things, let me shift gears and go to Disney Plus now and talk about some of the recent things we've seen. Mainly, we have all now officially seen Encanto. What do we think? Encanto. Fantastic. Love yeah. It. I can say I thought it was great. The songs have really grown on me, especially. I think we don't talk about Bruno as obviously as you could tell by the opening of the show has been in everybody's head. All of us, for, yeah. for days and days. Yeah. I mean, we've been putting surface pressure on repeat. Um, we really like that's the one my son really likes. Oh yeah, that, see that. Interestingly enough, that's the yeah. one that Maddie first was drawn to for whatever reason. That's those two are the best two I think songs in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that both are really I mean, good. All, all of the, the first four, I could just list on Family Madrigal, Waiting on a Miracle, mm-hmm. Surface Pressure. We don't yeah. talk about Bruno. Yeah, I say they're all good. Yeah. Uh, great soundtrack as always, of course. Slim Manuel Miranda. Big shock there. It's a great soundtrack. And very Hamilton esque, a lot of <laughs> to me. It's what he does with everything. Yeah. But we were talking about it's a very. Broadway like once Broadway's back in full swing and could see them doing a Broadway version of Encanto Possibly. so I could totally see that I think it would be good you know I got to thinking when I was watching this I was like I got a very even though it's a good film but one of the things that crossed my mind was a like an X-Men type vibe they all live in one house they all have abilities <laughs> yeah Abuela, Abuela's like the Professor X of the bunch <laughs> in a way yeah sure. I mean I got it's like a Colombian version. <laughs> In a way. Anyway. I just thought it was funny, too, that Alan Tudyk always has to voice some, like, uh, obscure character that doesn't actually say anything. It's like, is that, like, a thing now? Is that the, um, what's the guy that's always in Pixar movies, like, uh, Ratzenberger? Yeah, Ratzenberger. Yeah. Is that, is that so their he- thing? <laughs> Yeah. Is Alan Tudyk the one yeah, for the for Disney animation? Spe- speaking speaking of an X Men connection, right? There you go. He was he was Nightcrawler. But I think it's funny too that the lady from why am I blanking on her name from Brooklyn Nine Nine is the main Stephanie, the main character anyway, Maribel. She voiced that character. I just thought it was funny that. From what about Maribel? A pretty big departure from her character in <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. But yeah, good cast. John Leguizamo. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno, but John Leguizamo was good as Bruno, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought. Very good. That was a great character. And I thought, you know, some deep messages here about mental health and things of, you know, how those kind of things came up. I thought it was pretty cool uh, message for today. So we need to uh, respect Bruno, not, not just not talk about him. <laughs> yeah. I talk about Bruno. You know, I thought it was a great film. and I mean, Disney's been doing well with a lot of the ones they've done recently. Initially, I didn't consider it to be as good as some of the other ones. I've kind of come around on that. It's one of those films that you kind of have to, you can't just judge it on its first viewing by any means. 
And then obviously the songs grow on you because they just get stuck in your head. Yeah, and I think somebody, I think, John, you mentioned this, that it, it is kind of fast-paced, especially some of the songs. You really have to watch them again to catch well, everything because yeah. it goes by so quickly. And Well, like the very yeah. beginning, I mean, it was just like overload, the way that the way the family madrigal starts yeah there's <laughs> a lot of stuff it. yeah to catch yeah you have to watch it a couple times to catch everything and if if you're not really paying attention to the movie like the first time it was on in our house it was like the day after christmas or christmas day or yeah, something like that I can't remember. On, yeah. yeah and it was like it was just like sensory overload or something like whenever this was going on right. it's like what the what is this <laughs> but after you give it a chance after you know after a little bit like I always go back to the original Matrix movie. That was one I had to go back and watch a second time before you entire get it entirely because there's things you didn't understand yeah. that you first saw in the beginning until you saw the end. <laughs> so when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, and then, right, you know, it makes so sense that. again. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah. Speaking of which, I got to see the Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. Just recently too. I haven't watched that yet. So it was good. I, I was thinking in my mind, how are they supposed to bring uh, Neo and Trinity back into the picture, and it actually work? And they they did. <laughs> so, there there were a couple of shortcuts they took in the movie, and you'll you if you watch the uh, the pitch meeting, you you get them. But oh, I think it was overall a, a good uh, good movie. I guess the people were wondering, would you be able to tell it was only one Wachowski and not two? But I think it was fine. Yeah. Well. One thing I'll mention about that real quick, since we're not really, you know, reviewing it, I kind of felt like they were taking like a second trilogy and rolled it all into one movie. <laughs> Did you kind of get that feeling, Jason? <laughs> I feel like it was just like nostalgia central is what they went yeah. with. So it well, it definitely started that way. It started like yeah. deja vu, literally. Whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, let's get back to Disney for a minute here and. We've mostly watched at least the first episode-ish of Book of Boba Fett. Enough yes. of it? Yeah, a little kind bit of, of it, yeah. <laughs> Is there enough we can talk about? I was going to mention, we pre-show we talked about this, the weird part. Uh, this is spoiler, by the way, so if you haven't watched it, turn your radio down for a few minutes if you haven't. But at the very beginning, if you've seen that, Mark, where he's in the Sarlacc pit and you see a stormtrooper. I'm like, where did this? When did a stormtrooper fall in the Sarlacc pit? That was the first thing I thought. I was like, what? I get the story purpose of have you know being able to breathe through the little guy's respirator thing, but I don't think that they ever give any true indication of just how much time has passed. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember any dialogue or anything mentioning that because we know that the mandalorian right yeah. is set how far after return of the jedi i forgot it was like a couple of years three or years like or something like that yeah i don't remember yeah but, yeah but, so we know that these two stories somewhat intertwine because we've right. seen him on the mandalorian right season two yeah at the very end of mandalorian they teased this the assumption is that boba fett well jabba's throne <laughs> okay <laughs> this is good <laughs> You know, I don't know. Jabba you know. had a big throne, put it that way. And uh, <laughs> yeah, how do, how is he sitting there? So how does that how does that chair fit him so well? Good point. Did well, he get a new because, Did he get a new throne? Uh, it's because um, 
I don't I don't think that was actually Jabba's chair. No, it was, was sitting, um sitting on the platform. The guy who took over from Jabba Bid, was Bid Fortuna. Bid Fortuna, thank you. Bid Fortuna. And so he was the one sitting in the chair and then he killed Bid Fortuna at the end. Ah. Boba Fett. You don't remember this at the end of anyway. I guess I don't remember it. Anyway, so yeah, he 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 uh, takes over Jabba's empire so he can be a less evil version of right, yeah, he wants, Jabba. <laughs> he doesn't want to rule through fear, he says. But I, it's interesting. They definitely do a lot of Tusken Raider backstory yeah, they're, they're stuff, t- trying to make the Tusken Raiders seem like they're not so bad. They're just misunderstood now too. Yeah, that's true. They are. That's basically what it is. But I thought the Mandalorian did a good job of that. But they're really. <laughs> even more so invested in the Tuscan Raiders in this show. Pro Tuscan Raider. They're very pro Tuscan <laughs> Raider, definitely. Sand uh, people. I killed them. That's a slur, John. I gotta say, is that a derogatory? <laughs> it is. Ner- is that a derogatory term? Right. Sand no? people. So we call That's them Tuscan Raiders. Exactly. Tuscan Raiders. Well, then Luke, then Luke used it. <laughs> he did. He used the slur back then. It was the, the worst. Though, so it was a different <laughs> the time. Worst. <laughs> oh wait a minute no he said sand people or worse didn't he <laughs> so what else can we say about the first episode about this um in the second episode you get to meet john with hut's cousins i'll put it that way that's an interesting uh yeah apparently out of all of the huts jabba must have been like the fattest one <laughs> just saying well if you go through the timeline though episode one and even the deleted scene that they put back in a new hope Jabba's much thinner but in Return of the Jedi, he just really let himself go. In Return of the Jedi, he's like if the Godfather was a slug, I guess. <laughs> right. I Basically. There's, of course, more hidden references, not hidden references, but little references to all the films. And Max Rebo makes a, did you guys notice him show up in the band of? Oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, Moss uh, Epa? What whatever, whatever, what's it called? Moss, moss something. It's always Moss. Oh, my gosh. Moss Tequila. Why can't I think Are they of on it? Batu? <laughs> no, but they will every, be. Every time there's a every time there's a uh, bar Espa. of some kind, it has moss in front of it. Moss Espa, I believe, is <laughs> the city. Yeah. I, I thought that was Oga's Cantina. Yeah. Ah. So anyway, that's that's Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I guess we should move on to our final thing since we're running out of time. Any other Disney Plus stuff we wanted to mention before we move on? No, I'm excited about this planning email we're going to talk about. The only Disney Plus thing is I was considering whether or not to get the package that has the Hulu Plus live TV a few months earlier than my subscription will <laughs> subspire. Expire. Subspire. Oh, right. Subspire. Yeah, we have nine more months left on our Yeah. Disney I'm trying to Plus. think if it's worth the foregoing the nine months I've already paid for. Yeah. To get that whole package deal. Forgot about that. But anyway, continue. So we'll move on to the segment. We received an email from a, a listener. I started to say viewer, but hopefully not a viewer. <laughs> hopefully you're just listening uh, to our show. <laughs> I guess that would be weird. Uh, right, I'm going to say, what, a, what is this listener from the NSA? Uh, yeah, it could be. Big brother. But uh, from Matt, <laughs> thank you, Matt, for your email and for being a loyal uh, listener of the show. He mentions that he's going to be going uh, on a trip with his family soon to Disney World and to Universal. Wanted to get our thoughts or opinions on some strategy. So let me read a little bit of it here and we'll, we'll dig into it. So he's saying that he's him and his wife are going to Orlando for a short getaway with his two boys. 
They're 10 and 7. They're going to be doing a split stay. Two nights at Universal, two nights at Disney. The two nights at Disney will be at the Swan. Good location. And they're going to try to do all four parks in two days. They have a two-day park hopper. They are going to do Animal Kingdom first, early access. Their plan is to then hop to Magic Kingdom. That's their first day plan. Second day is Hollywood Studios Early Access, and then they plan to hop to Epcot, which, of course, those two connected by Skyliner. That's a good choice there. They want to be able to see the both fireworks shows, that uh, being uh, Enchantment and Harmonious. So his, his question is he's trying to figure out how to best maximize their time, particularly on the day at Hollywood Studios. So... This is a very interesting scenario, which is not a challenge, but really the, you know, like all in one day. But it's four parks in two days to get your maximum. And he indicates that he's willing to spend money. Yeah. Right. right? Get some lightning lanes. Get Genie Plus. Yeah. yeah. He's willing to do that. So I think obviously on the first day, Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, the strategy here is you get you get Genie Plus first thing in the morning. You could, in theory, buy Flight of Passage if you're not going to rope drop it, but you should probably just rope drop it. Yep. Otherwise, uh, just use your Genie Pluses to load up Magic Kingdom later. That's what I was going to so say, just, too. Yeah, get your Magic Kingdom Lightning Lanes loaded up and get the Animal Kingdom at 7.30. If you do it right, you should be done with it well in advance of the 2 p.m. park hop time. Like, if you're there at early park access, you get there super early. You're one of the first people to rope uh, Flight of Passage. You can you can get do the whole park done by 10 a.m. Right. Do Flight of Passage, Navi, Safari, Everest. Well, is Everest? I don't know when they're going. Is Everest still going to be there? I don't think. You said in the next few weeks, so it won't be there. Okay, so Everest won't yeah. be be up. So you do those three and then leave. <laughs> go do Dinosaur. I mean, maybe go do Dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. I was going to say, and Kali's not open either, right? I think it's it's for its yeah. usual. So that whole corner of the park is useless, closer. so... Yeah, wait in line an hour if you need to for Flight of Passage, but just get those done and start stacking Magic Kingdom. And maybe you can fit in a break before you go to Magic Kingdom. So the day two is the interesting one. It's Hollywood Studios and Epcot. And here's going to be the issue. Depending on when this trip is planned, they may not have Skyliner because that's going to go under a short refurb in the next few weeks. Yes, I do remember that. What are those dates? We'll have to look that up, but yeah. So you're right. right. The end, no, it's the end of actually it's the end of this week. I think it starts. No, it starts or, or at the is, end of January. It's not this weekend. You, you'll have Skyliner, John. Don't worry. So <laughs> no, let's assume they have Skyliner. Right. I was going to say though, this happened to me last time where I was forced to take the boat to hop to studios because Skyliner Epcot Skyliner was down. I'm on a boat. I had to take a boat, and it was slow. <laughs> so get out. It was so slow. Yeah, the boat is slow. I I don't I don't remember how I used to take that. I know I should just walked. But anyway, I walked that. I can enjoy the ride. You did, yeah. Anyway, so it's got he he's given us the times eight thirty early access. Yeah, uh, Epcot till nine. So I would take the same sort of strategy I took when I went with my son. Yeah, and that is Genie Plus. Very first thing you do is pull Slinky Dog as early as you can. Right. You got to be quick. Yep. Now, with my son, we just want to do rock and roller coasters. So that's what we did with our early park. But the right order, if you're really trying to do all the new stuff and get it done, 
you get your first Genie Plus for Slinky Dog, whatever time it is, buy your Lightning Lane for Rise of the Resistance, yep. and you're really roping either Runaway Railway or uh, Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run will probably get the the line the fastest, but you can get both of them done pretty easily in that early park access if you're right at the front. Yeah. So one followed by the other. And then the rest of that is just stacking what you can. So if you're lucky enough to get an early slinky that's like within an hour or two of park opening, like less than two hours before park opening, you're going to get a jump on the rest of the guests mm-hmm. to start booking your second lightning lane. Your second lightning lanes, I would uh, I would prioritize if you if let's say you roped smugglers, runaway railway done early. The next priority I would say is probably Toy Story Mania or Tower of Terror. Rock and Roller yeah. Coaster probably won't even be open. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. The only other thing that is important is you got your eight thirty park access. You ride your two rides. You might get your slinky in early, or maybe at least one more ride. 10.30, Baseline Tap House opens, and that's an important stop to yes. include. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear you say this, because you skipped it a couple of times recently. But... Well, you know, I, I just <laughs> no, didn't want to deal with the crowds. But yes, Baseline Tap House, if you're in the parks at 10.30, you got to go. Yeah. And I, so. that's what happened when we, it was, we got off of Runaway Railway or something. I forgot what it was. And it was like 10.36. And I was like, you know what? Let's go to Baseline. <laughs> because I was like hoping. And there wasn't a line. So there you go. we were lucky. So whenever I did that, the day, the day that I was with my son, yeah, I tried to get Slinky right at the drop, like right as it opened. And I it wasn't until almost... 1 p.m. or something like that. So yeah. you just have to be ready to to accept that. If that's the case, then you're getting fast passes at two hours after park open. Right. But you'll probably be getting at least one fast pass at Hollywood Studios before yeah. you then because you could probably get an instant fast pass for Star Tours, use it, and then get another one before you start loading up your Epcot. Yeah. He was mentioning getting a lightning lane for Remy's, a paid lightning lane. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that might not be necessary given the weights we're seeing. Right. Uh, but if you really want to guarantee it, you can buy that as early as you want because it will not let you book anything earlier than 2 p.m. because it's your second park. So you can buy that whenever you want to buy it ahead of your park hop and try to time it. The key, though, is don't buy it too early because you don't want to have to be you know, potentially trying to finish stuff up at Hollywood Studios and having to hop over yeah, to Remy's. But, I mean, it is a good thing to try to get Remy's as your first at Epcot because you're going to be coming in the International Gateway because we're going to assume the Skyliner is open for you. And the rest of the trip... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, they're staying at the Swan. They could always just go back to the Swan and then walk over or whatever, too. It's not... Yeah, yeah. But Skyliner's the best way to arrive. Yeah, of it course. Is. It Absolutely. is, if it's open. If it's working. If it's open. If it's not open, just do it anyways. Run it yourself. <laughs> yeah. You do the you do Skyliner, you do Remy's, and then just start stacking the lightning lanes with whatever you can get. I don't know what your priorities will be at Epcot, but it is 100% possible to basically do everything at That's Epcot right. and Hollywood Studios in one day if you're willing to spend that money. The only challenge you'll have is maybe getting a test track Lightning Lane, but I was able to get lucky the day I was there, or yeah. a Frozen Lightning Lane if that one's important to you. If you've done Frozen before, though, yeah, it's a great ride, but it's probably not worth the standby line. It's going to be the standby line is just too long for that ride. Yeah, 
He mentions in the email Test Track, Remy's, and Soren. Those are the three. That okay, he so do. yeah, Test Track. If you can't get a lightning lane, do it right before the fireworks. You know, get in there whenever it's starting to get closer to the end. Um, Soren, you can always get a lightning lane for pretty easily. Yeah. But no, even with Soren, you're going to be waiting a while just because it just takes forever. But yeah, but I, I'll also say you got to fit a Grand Fiesta tour in there for us. Yeah, and a stop at Lacava. <laughs> got to have a stop at Lacava and the Grand Fiesta tour. Well, that's that's priority one. Yeah, what was funny was I didn't mention this last week in our trip report, but we walked through Mexico and we were forced to go down the right side the La Cava side and I saw the La Cava line wasn't long and I was like we should do that and my wife was like well don't you want to do the ride first and I was like no the rule is if you go into Mexico <laughs> and La Cava's line is not long you go to La Cava that is the rule <laughs> that is the rule and the ride is better after a trip to La Cava yeah it's like the first rule of Mexico yeah kind of like the first rule of Fight Club <laughs> I was thinking another thing to consider when you were talking about Remy you might even consider just the possibility of doing it near the end of the night just because it would give you a good view for afterwards. You know, like you don't have to walk very far to a decent view for Harmonious. Not a bad idea. I mean, even though it's going to be right there when you get off the Skyliner as well. So I'd say that's an either-or type thing. Right, I mean, especially staying at the Swan. Yeah. Do two yeah. rides on Remy's. You could watch the fireworks yeah. from the bridge between France and UK. Maybe not the best angle necessarily, but could watch it from there and then run over that's about where they had that private party set up when we were there the other yeah week well that was the other thing i was going to say when you just kind of said it adam almost like you could think about doing that just before uh harmonious you could get a decent view of harmonious from there or not far from there and then you're right there at the international gateway so and you're staying at the swan yeah that is another option we'll say yeah as far as because i don't think because remy would be pretty light late at night in comparison to what it's been I, I i believe i mean it has been like safe tonight the last couple of nights now i know that's a tuesday and a wednesday uh have been light in general but the the night time has been yeah pretty low like we're talking 15 minutes yeah it's not a bad idea to either start or in there or bookend your if you like the ride bookend it with remis yeah. you know so yeah i appreciate the email and, and and i guess the the point is is if anybody has questions that they'd like to hear about on the show yeah. Email us. Email us. What is our email address? Is I guess I could go ahead and do that uh, as we wrap this episode up. If you want to email us, it is podcast at travelingthemouse.com. But also, you can go to our website. There's a contact us there. You can, it comes to the same thing, which I think is what uh, Matt did. So it's on our website, travelingthemouse.com. And if you want, any assistance in planning a Disney vacation, Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, or Universal for that matter, our travel agent friend, Jill Dilbeck, you can email her, which is jilldilbeck at gmail.com is her uh, way to reach her. Email her there. You can go through our website as well. Where else can they find us, John? Well, we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter and Instagram. That is all at TWTM Podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. So, 
for John and Jason and myself. This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we will see you on our next trip. We don't talk now about JPEG. No, no, no. Like, and now I find myself uh, talking to myself. <laughs> but he always comes up. JPEG's like a bad penny. He always turns up. <laughs>